It's Wednesday, April 14th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, uh, what can you say? Terry Francona ran out of superlatives last <laughs> night. He, he couldn't find the words to describe what Shane Bieber did, uh, throwing nine innings of shutout baseball against the White Sox lineup. Uh, he gets the win as the Indians go on to win in, in 10 innings and extra innings. But uh, Shane Bieber with just another outstanding performance. Uh, it's, it's almost what we've come to expect every time out from this kid. And don't forget, he's 25 years old. Yeah, just a, a great start, Joe. I mean, this is three great starts by him. Um, what, 24? What's he got? 35 strikeouts in, uh, I don't know, his three starts. He's averaging like over 14 strikeouts per nine innings in this season, um, just a, a great start. And, you know, like we've been saying, Joe, the thing that was different about last night is, you know, he struck all those people out, but he still, he was at 86 pitches going into the ninth inning. So, mm -hmm. you know, Tito turned him loose in a scoreless game and, and gave him, you know, just let him go and gave him the ninth inning. And, you know, that, that took 27 pitches in the ninth, but he got through it. And uh, just just a great, great start. Just it was like a heavyweight fight almost, you know, that lives up to its billing, like Giolito and, and uh, Bieber and like it was Ollie and Frazier, something like that. It wasn't <laughs> it wasn't like a, a one sided thing that sometimes, you know, those things happen. So so Bieber was Ali in that one. huh? He was he was yeah. floating like a butterfly last night. I you know, from my vantage point, I kept looking over in that ninth inning and looking over into the right field uh, bullpen to see if there was any stirring or any movement or anything like that. And, uh, you know, to Tito said, if I was going to send him out there for the ninth, he was going to have the ninth. He, he wanted him to get through that inning, uh, even when it got a little hairy, when he, he walked Jose Abreu. But, you know, that was actually even part of the, the, the strategy there was, if you don't have to pitch to Jose Abreu in that situation where he can end the game, then, then don't do it and, and, you know, make your best pitches to the next guy. And he did. He struck out Yohan Moncada uh, to get out of that inning, showed the emotion, you know, pumped his fist a little bit. And, you know, you don't, you don't really see that. It's just all of these things are lining up as, as parallels to Corey Kluber. When Corey Kluber was in his prime, even a few years older than what Bieber is now, this is the, the sort of efforts and consistency and, you know, we talk about the strikeout totals and the streaks and everything. Every game, we seem to be diving back into the record books. Uh, and it just adds to it another start after another start after another start. That's three consecutive 10, uh, 10 plus strikeout games to start the season. 35 strikeouts in his first three games. He's the only pitcher in Major League history to have 35 strikeouts through his first three games all three 10 plus strikeout games that that's it. Nobody's done it in back-to-back -back seasons. Like Corey, uh, like I think I call, call them Corey Kluber, like Shane Bieber has uh, 2020 and 2021. Uh, just you, you, you find out why Francona has uh, a tough time finding, finding the words and the superlatives to describe him. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think you could tell he's gained his trust like Kluber had Francona's trust that, you know, he let him go, you know, like, this is your game. And he let him go deeper into the game than his other pitchers. And that's what happens when you have an ace, you know, you, you trust in him and you believe in him. You know, if he's, if he's struggling, you go get him. But if he's pitching like he did last night, just stay out of his way, make sure you don't trip him in the dugout and, 
and let them go. 20 swings and misses on uh, on pitches. A lot of them, that that biting, sharp curveball. He was really feeling, you could tell, he was throwing that curveball on the corners and, and the glove wasn't moving for Roberto Perez. Uh, and, and, you know, just that relationship between Perez and Bieber, it, it just seemed to really click and, and just be just magical last night. Yeah, they, they were on the same page from the get-go. Um, you know, they, they uh, you know, and Perez, it sounds like Perez is like almost like us, you know, telling Bieber you got to pitch to early contact and, uh, you know, get deeper into the game. And, uh, and then, but then Perez kind of just threw up his hands and said, hey, when he's on, he's going to strike a lot of people out. So you just kind of live with that. And, but he was, he was in such a groove last night. He just looked, if you look at him on the mound, Joe, he was, he was free and easy. You know, there was no, there was no maximum effort. It was just, uh, he, it, it just looked like he was in total control and, and, and Perez did just a great job handling them. And it's such a treat to watch two guys like that control a game. Right. And it was a contrast, and it was neat to see uh, Lucas Giolito out there on the mound for the White Sox. He's given the Indians fits the last couple of seasons when he, he finally figured out his changeup and, and, and what he's able to do uh, well. Lucas Giolito is enormous. I didn't realize this, but when he came out of the, the, the left field um, uh, bullpen and, and walked onto the field, he was walking. He, he crossed by Jose Abreu, who's no small guy in his own right. And he, he looked like twice the size of Jose Abreu. He's 6'6", 241 pounds. And then you look at Shane Bieber, and like you said, throwing free and easy, you know, smooth and everything on the mound. Shane Bieber's 6'2", 6'3", and, and didn't even look half the size of Lucas Giolito. It, just this, this stark contrast as Giolito's out there, and he's striking every Indian's hitter out early, whereas Bieber's pitching to contact and, and getting through easy innings you could really tell the big guy was laboring out there and, and the smaller guy was just sort of out there throwing. Yeah. You know, they showed on TV, they they were showing close-ups of Beaver in the later innings. This guy wasn't even sweating Joe. And I know it was kind of a cool night, but he looked like he was like a, you know, just uh, throwing, throwing BP on uh, one of the backfields in Goodyear. It just uh, was so calm and so smooth and, you know, I like, uh, he was, he looked at his, I guess he looks at his hat, the inside of his baseball cap before every inning. And there's some, he's got some messages in there to himself just to, uh, you know, just stay within yourself and don't try to do too much. And you could tell that was, that was kind of just flowing into, into his game every inning. Yep. Early candidate right now for, uh, you know, pitching performances, I think plural actually of the year. Uh, but, but Bieber was the one that didn't blink. Uh, have, have you, obviously we haven't seen a, an Indians pitcher go nine scoreless innings and then the team wins it in the 10th so that he actually gets the win. That was, that would have been the great tragedy of that performance is if the Indians hadn't scored a run and hadn't come through uh, and gotten a win for him. I know wins don't mean anything nowadays and you can, you know, you can still win a Cy Young and not have, you know, close to 20 wins in a season, but you know, it's still nice to be rewarded for an effort like that if you're Shane Bieber. Yeah, you don't. Want, you know, the last thing you want is to hang with them there. You know, the with uh, you know you go you do you do the uh, no decision, nine scoreless innings, eleven strikeouts, three hits, and you, all you get is a pat in the back. So you want that win, I think. Those, you know, I think the win still means something to uh, starting pitchers. And the guy that that secured the win for him was his catcher. You know, so it couldn't have worked out any better. 
with uh, you know Perez gets the infield hit to drive in the run in in the in the tenth, which proved to be the winning run. Yeah, the only thing Shane Bieber didn't get that he actually earned was a, a complete game shutout. You know, he pitched nine innings and and didn't give up a run. Uh, there should be some sort of rule that says you get a complete game after nine innings. That's uh, that that that's uh, re- I don't know if it's ridiculous. I mean, I guess the rule makes sense, but you know, whatever. Uh, you did mention uh, Roberto Perez. He did get nicked up a little bit in the ninth inning because James Karinchak, or in the I'm sorry, tenth inning, because James Karinchak came in and crossed him up with uh, with a curveball. I initially thought that, that that Perez had caught the ball with his groin, but it turned out to be his uh, his throwing hand. He got a little dinged up. Yeah, you know, I don't know if you saw this I, I, before the start of the inning, Joe. You know, uh, Karinchak took his hat off. Looked at he's I guess he's got a set of signs in his hat. He's got a piece of paper with the set of signs, and he held up five, five like uh, I think it must have been the fifth set of signs. Maybe that's what I'm guessing. Or you know, on TV they speculated that the fifth hitter was coming up, but I think you know the fifth place hitter. But I'm think I'm thinking Karen Check no knew who was who was coming at bat. So I think there must have been doing something with signs, and you know, and and obviously. Uh, Somebody got crossed up. Perez said he didn't know for sure after the game, but uh, he jumped up to catch the to catch him. He came out of his crouch to uh, catch the ball. I, I, I'm not sure if he was expecting fastball, curveball, or what. Yeah, it looked like he was expecting a high fastball from uh, from Karen Jack, and, and Karen Jack dropped the curveball on him. Uh, either way, it's not fun to catch one of those with your bare hands. So, uh, hopefully. Roberto Perez, okay, and, and should be in the lineup. Uh, he said he'd be in the lineup, uh, you know, for Wednesday night's game. Uh, you know, Thursday, probably going to get the day off anyways, day game after a night game. So we'll, we'll see about that. But like you said, uh, Perez providing the first run on a sort of a, a, a wacky uh, situation to, to start the inning, obviously uh, the 10th inning for the, the Indians. Uh, Framil Reyes, the automatic – uh, runner at second base in extra innings as the new rule is, you know, we're getting used to that now uh, for extra innings, but Reyes at second base, Josh Naylor at the plate. And, uh, you know, we, we've been speculating, we've been talking about what actually happened on a play where uh, the, the catcher Yasmani Grandal's glove made contact with uh, Naylor's bat. Uh, it was it looked to be initially ruled catcher's interference uh, in the press box, they said E2, which is which would indicate catcher's interference. But uh, I guess on the field, the, the umpires got together uh, and ruled that the, the Indians' uh, greatest advantage was letting Reyes go to third on the play. So they ruled that an error on the pitcher as the ball bounced off Garrett Crochet's glove. Naylor made it to first base and uh, Reyes at third to eventually set up the, the go-ahead run. Yeah, I mean, and uh, just... You know, the game, it was no score and something crazy happens in the 10th inning. And, you know, baseball has a way of just producing that those kind of things. There's so many little rules, so many, you know, you can put the ball in play. It seems like so many different ways. You, you don't have to hit a home run. You don't have to, you know, hit, hit a, a line drive double. You know, a little number can change the whole complexion of a game or the ball off a glove or a catcher's interference. And it just, you know, it, that's the last thing you know, need a deadline. I'm sure, Joe, you were, you were wondering <laughs> just what the heck is going on. Well, I, or you just choose to ignore the whole situation and say, <laughs> you know, Ray has scored from third and exactly. you're all good. 
You uh, sort it and, out and, the next day. And I was going to say, you, make a, you write a note about it the next day and everything's okay. There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years and uh, my son was born and raised here and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even he's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. So thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. The at-bat for Ahmed Rosario uh, coming into the game and coming off the bench, it's cold, it's 50-some degrees, you've been sitting for three hours watching your teammates not hit the ball, and, and you go out there and you provide some, some much-needed insurance with an RBI double uh, to the gap in, in left center. Uh, Ahmed Rosario earning quickly earning uh, some favor with uh, Terry Francona. Yeah, definitely. And this is a guy, you know, that's I'm sure he's been a regular his whole career. And so how do you make that adjustment to sitting and waiting, like you said, for three hours in the cold? How do you stay uh, sharp? You know, what's your routine? When do you go to the cage to take some swings? You know, and he also said, you know, I've got to stay loose when we talk to him after the game. He's got to stay loose in case he has to go in as a pinch runner or, you know, go in for defense and either in center field or shortstop. So, um, you know, it's um, – it's just interesting. It, it, so, you know, that shows you, you know, he's a pro. And I think that he has a, an idea. Or Tito, you know, really needs to get him in the lineup somewhere. And I think Tito's given every indication that he, you know, he has to play on a, regu- on a regular regular basis. Yeah. And then you have to balance that against uh, Andres Jimenez being a young player and needing innings as well. Uh, you don't want to, you know, curb any growth that's happening there as we've seen some positive things out of, out of Jimenez so far uh, this season, but, you know, especially defensively, this is a kid who can make every play and you've, you've got to have him out there. Uh, you don't want to sacrifice anything uh, defensively. Uh, speaking of sacrificing and speaking of, uh, I guess, sacrificing offense. Uh, interesting. Our friend uh, on, on Twitter, uh, Todd Paquette uh, runs the account Indians perspective. Uh, and you know that he's always pushing for the prospects and the young guys. Uh, he tweeted last night after the game, Ben Gamble and Jake Bowers combined to go 0 for 7 with six strikeouts last night. 0 for 7. That's like more than half of Giolito's strikeout total right there, just those two guys. 
Um, combined on the season, Gamble and Bowers are now one for 27. They've scored one run between the two of them, one RBI, four walks, uh, you know, a, a 0 0.37 average and a 161 on base percentage. Uh, these are two guys who are on the roster. Gamble, obviously, a veteran on a, um, a show, you know, a, a minor league deal in, in, in camp and all that. And, and Bowers, who was out of options, uh, Daniel Johnson and Bobby Bradley are sitting down at the alternate camp waiting, trying to get their play their way back up here. Uh, and, and Gamble and Bowers just aren't, aren't doing it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, just how long of a leash they have. You know, we've talked about this before, Joe, do, do the Indians wait till the AAA season starts and those guys get some, you know, regular, regular ABs against regular competition, or do they make a move now or next week um, uh, with based on what, uh, you know, Bradley or, or Mercado or, or, you know, whoever, you know, Daniel Johnson have done it in the exhibition games at, at the alternate camp. So, you know, it, I, I think a lot depends on how this team continues to play. If they continue to win, I think, uh, you know, if they stand, you know, if they continue to play good baseball, that might buy these, you know, Bowers and, uh, and uh, Gamble some time. Uh, so, so we'll see, but it, it's really, you know, the clock is running on both guys. Right. And I think, you know, last night was a pretty clear indication. Jake Bowers didn't look comfortable at all. He didn't go up there with a game plan whatsoever to, to, to hit against Lucas Giolito. You could tell the the changeup had him completely confused. Uh, and Gamble, uh, like you were saying before we started, he, he just looked overmatched. He felt sorry for the guy getting, getting put in that situation. Uh, it, it just didn't look like either hitter was prepared at the plate or if they did have a game plan, they certainly weren't executing it. Yeah, you know, and the way uh, they're using, you know, they're shuffling three or four, three guys in and out of center field. And, you know, Gamble draws a short straw to uh, face Giolito. So, you know, that's, that's a tough, that's a tough gig right there. You know, Bowers to me, he just didn't look engaged at the plate to me. I, I, his body language was bad. I, I don't know. You know, that's just from the outside looking in maybe, Maybe who he, he no, it, 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 the exact same thing was going through my head as I'm sitting there watching it live in person. His body language is pathetic. It's, it's, it's not what you need. And so, and you know, uh, Terry Francona is asked about Jake Bowers in the lineup constantly. He, he is, we ask him every time we talk to him and it's, you don't really ever get a satisfying answer about it. And that's just an indication that Tito just doesn't want to say what the, the hard thing is to say is, you know, Maybe the kid needs another opportunity somewhere. Yeah, and you know we've seen this before, and uh, you know, you know, and the thing is, if if you do decide to cut, you know, cut bait with him, uh, he's gone. You know, I, I, I but you know, the, the, there's another thing here. Would would anybody pick him up? You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, based on what he's done, would anybody pick him up? And would you have a chance to outright him? you know, back to the minors and, you know, if he doesn't, he gets through waivers. So who knows? I, I, I don't know, but, and would he want to come back? I think, I don't know if, I don't think he's got enough time to uh, turn down the outright, but you know, we'll see. I mean, right, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a situation where maybe, maybe he's even thinking about, you know, just getting free of this, uh, of the Indians. Uh, I, 
I don't know if he thinks he's he's had enough opportunities or been given enough chances, but uh, the the drumbeat is certainly getting louder and louder uh, every time he goes up there and and has another performance like last night. You, you certainly can't hold it against a guy for for striking out a bunch of times against Lucas Giolito. No, he's uh, I mean he's he's one of the 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 best pitchers in in the American League, but you know to to not even look like you're I don't want to say not trying, but you know, not giving a, a best effort. That's that. That's not what you need to see. All right. Tonight, uh, Zach Plesac taking on Carlos Rodon. We finally get to see Carlos Rodon. His tummy's feeling better. He'll be out there on the mound uh, for the White Sox. The Indians have, have had success against Rodon in the past. Uh, you know, there have been streaks and times when when he's sort of, you know, figured things out against the Indians. So we'll, uh, we'll see which Carlos Rodon uh, the Indians get. Uh, it, will it be the guy that they roughed up a couple of times in, a, in an injury-filled season last year, or will it be, um, you know, another lefty who's tough on them? Uh, Zach Plesak, again, uh, going to have to, you know, going to take a lot to, to, to follow in the footsteps of Bieber and, you know, the, the, the pitching staff and, and to get through this Chicago lineup tonight, uh, looking for them to finally have a breakout game against the Indians at some point. Yeah, Plesak coming off a start. Joe is seven scoreless against the Tigers, three hits, five strikeouts. So he's, you know, he's in the right groove to follow Bieber. So that'll be, it'll be interesting to watch tonight. All right. We'll have a full wrap up uh, on the next Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast.